got a mute mom Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to episode 152. Why I do that? I'm still a child at heart, guys. Can't help myself. And I'm in a good mood. Just be happy that I'm not all dreary for this episode. So let's get into it and uh, let's have a deep conversation, if you know what I mean. All right, guys, let's get to it. <clears throat> Alright guys, we are back here Got another great guest from another different country Actually, we've done one from uh, Australia before But um, it's it's weird to kind of know the time zones Because it's almost like she's in the future Because she's almost 24 hours ahead of us uh, I think I'm doing this at 9pm my time And I think it's 11am her time um, So, it's kind of trippy But it's all good It's kind of late and, you know, just get in the mood But um, yeah, we met at a similar place as always Podmatch and um, read her story uh, we talked a little bit and just wanted to have a good conversation and hopefully we can help somebody uh, yeah so you want to introduce yourself tell us a little about yourself sure well my name is Magic Barclay I'm the lead practitioner at Holistic Natural Health Australia uh, nine years ago I was facing several life-threatening conditions and I threw myself into natural health and functional health to find some answers for myself. When I found out how amazing that could be, I started working with other practitioners doing the same and Holistic Natural Health Australia was born. So we treat people all around the world. Everything is remote. Um, with the craziness of the past few years, we closed our clinic and pivoted online. And yeah, we get to meet some amazing people and get some amazing results for them. In my spare time, I'm a mum and I do permaculture. So I love what the earth can provide and I love food as medicine and herbs as medicine. And so that's how I live my life. Yeah, I've been <clears throat> I, I've been on like a real journey myself with um, bettering myself health-wise because dealing with mental health and one of my big challenges lately is, is, is brain fog and then, and, and just depression as well. Uh, and then I have some chronic pain and things, but I realize my eyes is probably not going to get any better without major surgeries, but the rest of me, I, I've been just trying to look into the best supplements and just the best way of eating and just, just trying to fix the rest of me so that I'm as healthy as I can. And there's, there's so much out there. But there's a lot of great things that really can help you. One of the things that I've landed on recently is uh, it's called matcha tea. Um, I think it's from Japan. And it's just this really healthy, like, green powdered tea. It's, like, the healthiest tea that you can have. And it's, like, you, you feel much better. And it's, it's you just, your mind moves a little quicker. And you're a little more focused. You have a little more energy. Um, and it's and it's healthy. So that's what is really important. So, um, it's good. It's great. Yeah, matcha tea is a great tea to drink, and so anyone that hasn't tried it, definitely do. Yeah, and do your research on the brands because there's a lot of bullshit brands out there that just kind of say it's that, um, and they say the best stuff to get is like the powder and the stuff that's in like little little things. Not don't get the tea bag because apparently that's just kind of the stuff they just throw together. You have to do your research on the best brands. And that doesn't mean the most expensive brands because the one I buy is like $15 for like 12 different pouches. Um, so yeah, 
anyway, but no, I, I love what you're doing because it's, and again, like I, I, when I go into these episodes, I never really like, cause everyone has their own methods and how they help. So I don't ever begrudge anybody for like having a different way than like the last guest I had on because it's, it, your alternative may not be right for some, but it is right for some. So for, for others. And so it's, it's just, just good that there's so many out there that are really trying these different techniques. Exactly. And do you know what? Health is not about having something, you know, strict and one size fits all. It just doesn't work that way. So, you know, this is where podcasting is great. You get to hear from all these different people with different modalities and something will work for you. It's just a matter of finding it. And so with us, what we do is we treat root cause rather than chasing symptomology. So, you know, we look at is depression, for example, a neurotransmitter problem? You know, has it formulated in the gut? Or is it an inflammation problem where there's some brain inflammation? So there's, you know, multiple root causes for any one condition. And it really depends on what the person that comes to us presents within their history. Sure. And it's good that you're so well-rounded and you're, you're open to all those different avenues because there's a lot of people that just focus on one, one particular issue, like one of the ones that you just mentioned. And because, like I said, you look up help for depression, you're going to see a million things, whether it's exercising or uh, dieting or like we talk about with teas or supplements or antidepressants. There's so many things. So you look up something so vague you have to be really more specific in how it affects you. But not even just that, you need to have someone you're talking to who knows what they're talking about. And unfortunately, doctors aren't necessarily always the case because a lot of times doctors are just going to give you what makes them money, which is prescriptions and things. I'm not putting all doctors down. There are doctors that are great. But it's like not many doctors are going to prescribe like CBD oil because they don't really make anything off of it. There's nothing that benefits them. Now, some great doctors go above and beyond, and they will send you uh, in certain directions, but having someone like you who kind of has like a plethora of knowledge of different directions and techniques you can use, it, it really helps people um, to be able to kind of throw their problems at you, and you can kind of solve them. Yeah, I think something that's important to our team is that we step away from the consumerism model. So, you know, when Western medicine, allopathic medicine, often uses consumerism, so you have to take something which has side effects, which means you have to take something else. So you're a constant consumer. I'm not saying all allopathic medicine is like that, sure. but certainly in my personal experience, a lot was like that. And traditional medicine or Western medicine follows the reductionism principle. So it is, if I can reduce this symptom or if I can reduce the problem with this organ, everything will be great. But that's treating in isolation. So what we do is we use holism, which is, you know, every part of the body talks to or interacts with another part of the body. So if we treat the whole rather than the symptom, we're actually going to get to that root cause and there'll be, a, you know, a lot less problems down the line. So I think, you know, that's a really important distinction to make. I'm not saying all doctors and all Western medicine are bad. Please do not think that because they're not. Sure, yeah. um, but, 
you know, you have to look at are you going to be a forever consumer or are you going to take the controls of your own health back? And we encourage our clients to do that. You know, we often say to them, listen, we don't know everything. We're constantly studying and we're here to guide you and help you. But it's ultimately you that's doing the healing. We're just there to facilitate that. Yeah. I, I always said, like, one of the things that we need invented, and I don't know what you guys call it over there, but for us we call it a diagnostic, um, where you plug it into a car and it shows you anything that's wrong with the car. And it, it scans the whole car and it says, okay, you have a flat tire or whatever your issue is, your carburetor is busted. You know, we need that literally for a body because it's like there's so much going on in there, it's really hard to really tell. And sometimes you've either been dealing with something for so long that you just – it's just kind of background. Like you, it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. My, my foot hurts. But so like I've been dealing with that for 30 years or it's just something that just goes undetected and it's not, it, you don't feel any pain, but it's still causing an issue. Maybe it's like a, like a computer that where there's like a virus or, or something that's running, but you can't tell because it's not like, it's not a prompt that's constantly popping up on your screen. It's just, it's just running in the background. So it would be nice if we could invent something. I just, that says, hey, this is what's wrong with you. Um, this, this is how you fix it. But um, for now, we have to use other alternate methods like what you're doing, um, which is, you know, like I said, very cool. Thank you. Yeah, when people come to us, we offer a root cause analysis, which is our complimentary call. And there's a 35-page questionnaire that we get people to fill out. And, you know, we have people come and say that, you know, this, questionnaire was so long why was it so long because there is no diagnostic tool to just plug into you and work out what's wrong sure but there's a thing called your history and so those 35 pages tell us as much as we can glean for your history and that points us in the right direction of what is the root cause what is going on here you know what has caused xyz that you've come to us with and i think that's really important that we comprehend how complex the human body is and, you know, that there's 13 systems of the body and they all have a say in what goes on with you every day. So getting that history, nothing is unimportant. Nothing should be minimalized. You know, it's all important. The chicken pox you had when you were five, that's important. The trauma, maybe your parents were getting divorced. That's important. How your, for the ladies, how your first periods were is important. Yeah. You know, for the guys, whether you're losing your hair early or, you know, developing the moves, the man boobs or something like that, that's all important. There's nothing that can be ignored or discounted. Yeah. Well, I think I think where people get really frustrated, and I know I've been down this cycle many times, is where something is bothering you. And obviously you can't really look it up. Like if you look up on WebMD or some of these major sites, you start putting in symptoms. It takes you down a rabbit hole of really bad, just negative shit. And then and then then you go the doctor route. And the problem is they want to do all the most basic tests. It's like if you call some sort of tech support, they always run you through the basic tests even though you probably know them. But when you when you tell them like, hey, I know how to solve, I know this, this is easy. I've already been through this. Yes, I've reset my phone. It still doesn't work. Then they kind of become defensive and say, well, 
oh, well, then you must know it all. So then I can let you go. And it's like, no, no, I just don't know how to solve this issue. And when you go through this, this system, when it comes like medically, you, you tend to get frustrated because it's like, well, I have problems with my back. It's like, well, we'll send you to a chiropractor or we'll send you here. And a lot of times the problem doesn't ever get solved because they're not thinking deeper and they're not looking into your issues as much as it is that they should. They just kind of run you through the rigmarole of the medical field and you're just, you're just bouncing from one place to another and you're not solving anything. And if any, I mean, if you have good insurance, then you're probably not paying much. But if you don't have good insurance, you're probably paying a crap load just to solve, to, to kind of mitigate an issue that maybe you're, or make it worse in a lot of cases. Exactly. And you know what? There's the other problem with allopathic medicine, and that is they'll tell you your disease is idiopathic. What that means is it has no known cause. So in other words, we don't know why this is happening so here's a label, here's a diagnosis, and it's idiopathic. Mm-hmm. Now, that's in the best-case scenario. The worst-case scenario often happens, and that is you go to see your specialist or your general practitioner or whoever, and they tell you it's your fault. Yeah. So you're gaining weight because you eat too much and you exercise too little. It's all your fault. Yeah. But it might actually be a hormone issue. You know, it might be a thyroid imbalance or an estrogen imbalance or it might be a limbic system issue so your body perceives that you're under threat. So it might be a heightened cortisol response. So just telling you that it's your fault isn't helpful. Telling you that we don't know where this came from, so deal with it, that's not helpful either. And I think we really do have to you know, say say to whoever we're putting our health care in the trust of, I am not taking no for an answer. I want to know what this is. I don't want a doctor Google it because that will tell me I'm dying yeah. and probably I'm not. And I actually want the answers and I want you to take me seriously because you have that right. Yeah. And a lot of times they're playing the percentages. So like when they're saying you're overweight, a lot of people are overweight and that is you know, a typical reason why you're so big, but there are many ways, you know, there's many other alternatives. There's a lot of people that have real issues that have nothing to do with their eating habits. And, um, and, and again, that's, there's a lot of people that aren't as well informed as they should be and have more of an open mind. A lot of times you, you go into these professions and, and not just doctors or nurses, but necessarily any, any profession that matters, whether it's a teacher uh, you know, a bus driver, so someone who you, you deal with on a daily basis that can impact the, the public um, through their profession, they may not make as much as the average person that, or as much as they would like to. Uh, they may not make in six figures, so they don't put in a six-figure effort. Or they're, you know, they're putting in, if they're making 30 grand, they're putting in the 30 grand effort. And so they, they, they become lackluster and they don't, they just, they're robotic and they treat you just like as the next person on their list you're not special. They're not treating you as one patient to the next. You're just kind of, you're just a name and a face. And then when you're done, they're done with you. And that's, you know, and that's what kind of gets people feel, makes them feel so defeated because they go into this. And again, like I said, it's not all doctors. I have some really good profession or uh, uh, doctors that are really take care of me and uh, specialists. I was looking for the word, um, 
but yeah, it, it can be really frustrating when you're trying to figure out an issue and you're just being told the most basic forms of what's clearly obvious is not your issue. Definitely, and and this is why we need to really, you know, look at what we can learn, what we can glean from the abundance of information out there. And so that's where your holistic practitioner, certainly, you know, everyone in my team will teach you along the way. So we're not just saying, hey, do this because X, Y, Z. We're saying do this because here's the studies behind it. Here's what we've learned. And now you know how to do it. If that pops up again, you've got the information. I think that's really important to empower the people to really take charge of their own health because I don't live in your body, you don't live in mine. So, you know, you can be your your best practitioner because you know what you're living with. Right. And I think a lot of times when, when you do it in an alternative way, like what you're doing, it, it tends to be written off as like, witchcraft or some sort of like oh that's just some foolery like they didn't go to school for this i've been going to school my whole life just to solve this one issue these people are just you know reading some things from some sort of script and they're putting about a bunch of potions together like they're they're not really helping you but you don't realize there's a lot of people that like are doing it an alternative way but it helps like marijuana is something that really does help people but because there's so much propaganda against it that it's so negative because the stereotype of people smoking marijuana are just lazy, um, which is not necessarily untrue. There are people that do smoke it, and it's just they don't they just get high and it does nothing for them. But there's a huge benefit of marijuana that really does help a lot of people. And but because it's it's different, and because it's not prescribed medically, well, in some places it is. But because a lot of people, there's still propaganda for many, many years and said how bad it is and how it's going to drag you down this, you know, this tunnel of all these other terrible drugs and it's just going to ruin your life. Um, people just write it off like it's just some craziness. And you have to kind of go into it when you're trying to solve an issue, especially for your health, you have to have an open mind to everything. That doesn't mean you're, what you're doing is going to solve their issue, but still keep it in mind that it could help you. Um, and it doesn't mean, you know, going to a doctor couldn't help you either. It's just have, you know, put, get a board, write down everything that is available to you and that you could try and, and do your research. But when you write things off, you really put yourself in a bind and you pigeonhole yourself to be able to not be able to solve your issue as much. Exactly, and I look at what we do. It's what happened, you know, 100 years ago in medicine. So we've just gone back in time and we're using things that are, you know, less modified, less manufactured. We're really going back to what the old doctor who lived in your town, who put his shingle out and he worked till he was 80, you know, Mm -hmm. what he was doing, which was using things that, could be locally sourced or a more natural. And so it's really, you know, taking the synthetics out of the situation and going back to the the true capabilities of healing from nature. Right, for sure. Um, can we go back to what you were going through? And, and um, because it's, it's important to kind of know 
what happened to you before you get, because we we're talking about what you do now, but it, it's a good time to kind of point out to the audience, like what, what it is that has, has affected you over the years. Yeah, well, nine years ago, I was diagnosed with stage four cancer. It had spread to my lymph nodes. Um, there was a whole lot of messing around prior to diagnosis for years. I was being dismissed by my doctors, told I had Munchausen's, I was attention-seeking, there's nothing wrong. And, uh, you know, a few years later, culminated in a diagnosis and it turns out what I was concerned about was actually a problem uh, the whole time. So I not only had the cancer diagnosis, but I was diabetic at the time with type 2 and I had contracted Lyme. So I am a mosquito magnet. I took my kids on a holiday, got eaten alive by some mozzies and contracted Lyme or here in Australia it's called Lyme-like because they still refuse to say we have Lyme here. Uh, so I was quite unwell and I did go through surgery for my cancer but I drew the line there. I said, I am not doing chemo or radiation. They don't feel right to me. Everything I've read says, you know, they're a poison, they're a toxin. Why am I putting more poisons in when I have a toxic situation? So I threw myself into natural health then. Unfortunately, from my surgery, I developed another couple of conditions, so one being hypoxia and another being stenosis, cervical spine stenosis. So can you say what a, what a, I know here what, I was I know what stenosis is but can you can you say what hypoxia is because I'm I'm really not sure Hypoxia is a lack of oxygenation So when I'm talking sometimes I run out of breath mid word mm-hmm. um you know walking up a hill is an issue not because I'm unfit but because I just can't get enough oxygen um in to make me get up the hill sure. without puffing and wheezing So that's how it presents for me uh, when my oxygen is tested in my blood, it's often quite low. So, you know, it's something I have to deal with. But the alternative was to do chemo and radiation. I would still have the hypoxia and the stenosis. I still wouldn't be guaranteed that I would, you know, be living without the cancer. And, you know, I have to say to your listeners, I don't put my head in the sand. I test all my cancer markers every single year. You know, once you've lived with cancer, I think you really need to be on top of that. So I am. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I I walk my walk and I talk my talk and here I am nine years later. You know, I'm still a little bit overweight, I'm going to admit it, but I'm healthy and I'm happy and I no longer have to face my kids like I did nine years ago and say, mummy might not be here next year. Right. So I can do things with them. They're young adults. We play sports together. And, you know, they know that I'm taking my health very seriously and I'm going to do my best to live a very long, happy life. Now, when you were diagnosed and you were going through all this, did they give you like a time frame, like your doctor, did they tell you like how long this you may not, that you may be around? Yeah, they said, look, it was quite advanced and serious. And so they said I had about 12 months. And so the one thing I had to do post-diagnosis was go home and tell my kids who were a lot younger then, obviously, that 
you know, this is what mummy's got and I may not survive. And I was their only parent. So that was pretty terrifying for a then 14-year-old and 12-year-old to listen to. Sure. And, uh, you know, so that's why I threw myself into what I do now because I never want to see that look on their faces ever again. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, well, yeah, and now it makes sense when you say the nine years, because that's eight years more than you were supposed to live. Um, so what are, what are some of the things that you tried that, like, worked for you, for your health benefits? Yep. So the first thing I did was I raised some money, and I got myself over to a fasting retreat in Bali. That bought me some time. So it reduced my toxicity started autophagy, so fasting stimulates autophagy, which is the cleanup of dead cells, and it brought me some time to say, what is my next step? What am I going to learn about? I started throwing myself into functional health and lymphatic health, so post-surgery, the other thing I'm left with is lymphedema, and so I started learning everything I could about that, and, you know, therapies and the ideas behind why this is a problem. And, you know, I have to say that to this day, I still have a very strict morning routine of an early morning walk so that I can uh, help the bacteria in my gut to make my neurotransmitters so I feel good and I sleep well. And, you know, then I do a sauna because it's great for reducing the toxicity and I hydrate really well with structured water first thing in the morning. So I do it before my walk, before the sauna, and then again after the sauna. And I intermittent fast. So I don't eat till 1 p.m. And then I have an eating window of about six hours. That's my feast window. So I'll eat really healthy food wherever I can, uh, homegrown wherever I can, and seasonal and really reducing my toxicity in that situation. So, you know, I'm fairly strict with what I do. Obviously, I still, I do still go out, you know, with my friends and we have a good time here and there. But I'm really conscious of what I'm putting into my body, the hours that I'm awake, making sure that I'm getting enough sleep, getting enough water, getting enough exercise, and, you know, that's my day. Yeah, no, a lot of people don't have that, like, strict regimen that they have to follow because it's it's hard. Uh, it's really easy to kind of fall off the path and just give in to whatever's out there that can just completely throw you everything off. But, like, for me, like I told you, I've been kind of doing better with my health, and I'm still not going to fully give up some of the foods that I like that aren't necessarily great for me. It's just I'm, I've cut back a lot, and some of the fried foods and things like I, I cut back because I know how I feel. I feel tired and just kind of groggy afterwards. And I don't like that feeling. Um, and mental health does that to you anyway, but I, I just want to be able to kind of combat any of the issues that I have. And like starting with the, the matcha tea and some of the supplements I take, like omega threes and things, I, you feel better. Um, and just drinking like fresh smoothies and things like that. It, it really does make you feel better you feel a little more alive um and it it, it, it you, you know i think people are looking for because i think that's one of the the downsides with with um working out or dieting or anything or eating healthy is that you're looking for results right away or at least looking for a decent 
amount of results to where it, it makes a difference in your mind. So if you're trying to lose 50 pounds, you, within like a couple of weeks, you want to try to lose at least five. But if you don't lose five, and let's say you put it, you, you, you've maybe lost it uh, in some way, but you also gained it back with muscle mass, it looks like you didn't lose any. But you may you may be in better shape. You just don't realize it until later down the line. And but you know, like exercising for me, I go to the gym a few times a week, and it it does help. I don't love it. I'm not a gym person. I I honestly hate it. But I do feel good afterwards. It's just kind of a for me. It's a a challenge to get me to go to the gym. But once I go, I'm good. Um, but it is it, it like I said, as a person whose guarantee is not as healthy as you are. I'm I'm doing better for myself, and I do notice small results, and and just you know feeling better internally is is it is it means a lot. <clears throat> exactly, and I think it's really important to see that every step forward is a step forward. Now that sounds probably too easy, but you know, for every good choice that you make, you're doing wonderful work for your health and for your body and for your mind. And so that's really important. Pat yourself on the back. It doesn't matter how big the step forward is, it's still a step forward. So, you know, I see these people that work out at the gym. There's a gym here where I live and I see people working out every day and then they go out on the weekend and then they beat themselves up on Monday. Oh, I went out on the weekend and oh, I've undone everything I did. Yeah, but at least you were working out last week. Imagine if you went out on a weekend after not working out all week. You know, without that step forward, you'd be two steps behind. So I think it's really important whether it's you make a better choice for the tea that you're drinking or you, you know, have a meal that doesn't have any fried foods in it or that you go out for a walk in the morning. Whatever the step forward is, it's a step forward. Pat yourself on the back. Yeah, and and you have to be honest with yourself. You almost have to treat yourself like an addict in a way, where you have to look at it like, what can I handle? So, like, if you were, an, let's say, you're an alcoholic, if you think being around alcohol can trigger you, let's say, a bar or a restaurant that sells alcohol, if that'll trigger you, don't go. So it's the same thing with like food uh, consumption or whatever. Like, if you if you feel like you can handle a cheat day and you can eat whatever you want, and that's fine. Do it. But if you think eating fast food or, or some sort of food that's not great for you, if you think that is going to take you down a road of constant cheat days now, it's going to not be one cheat day a week, it's going to be three, then don't do it. And you have to, you have to find better alternatives to, to help yourself. You just got to know you, but you have to like kind of strip yourself mentally naked and just kind of figure out who you are and kind of what you're made of and it's like and again it's okay to be weak for some of these things because especially when you're brought up that way and you're you're you know this is this is all you know is this life you don't really know the healthier side and what it's like to feel that way it's easy to kind of just stay in your comfort zone so like i said you kind of have to figure out who you are and and what you're okay with consuming because like i said there are people can just eat something like a cheeseburger or something that's maybe not the healthiest for them and they're okay but some people will eat a cheeseburger and it's like well one's not enough i need three or i need to eat a cheeseburger tomorrow too because that felt it's delicious so it's all about like who you are because some people like there's you know like you said earlier like some things are not for everybody and um 
some people can handle more. Some people can handle less. But everybody has different genes. Some people are just born in good shape. That doesn't mean they're going to stay that way if they just eat a lot. But some people just have great genetics. And it's easier for them. But, you know. Exactly. So don't compare yourself to others. You're the only person living inside your body. And, you know, that took me a long time to learn to not compare myself to everyone else that I saw. You know, you're unique. So do it your way. Do what best serves you. And certainly our team can point you in the direction that we see from your history. But ultimately, it's you living in your body. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's very easy to kind of, like, when we have things going wrong with us, on the outside, it's, it's easy to tell, but like inside, it's so complicated, especially, I mean, they always talk about how complicated the brain is. And it's like, if you feel something's wrong, address it. I mean, there's a difference in being, you know, conscious of your issues and cautious of your issues and being a hypochondriac. You have to care. And if you want to better yourself, like I said, you don't have to be a full-on vegan um you, you can eat certain things. You can eat fish. You can eat meat. You can eat things in certain portions and whatever. You can, I mean, and some people can handle bad food better than others. It, it just, it's all about you have to get to the, the core of it and figure out what, like I said, what you can handle. So, um, and again, like I said, your your method may not work for them. Your method may work for them. Um, it's just, you have, you have to, again, it's key to have an open mind and have a, an imagination and just be able to, to put yourself in other people's shoes and, and, and um, just envision what, like you want to figure out where you're headed and then figure out how to stay in that same mode in that same direction. Because it's, you know, again, it's so easy to just get dragged off or find something to distract you. It's like, Oh, I'm on my path. Oh, look, a cute little rabbit. And you just walk off the side and go, oh, look. And it just distracts you. And you, you realize two weeks went by and you're still petting that rabbit. It's like you, you're, you're still exactly. sitting there watching cartoons and eating cereal and you're not, you're off the path. Um, but again, setbacks and relapses are okay too. It's just no, you know, understand where you went and understand what you did and just go, oh, okay. This is where I was. All right, back to the back to the trail. And sometimes you're going to realize that you're going to kind of fall off the bandwagon. But this time you weren't off the bandwagon for two weeks. You weren't petting the rabbit for two weeks. You were off for a day and a half. And it's like, oh, okay, that's not too bad. Like you're making progress. Sometimes progress is hard to see. Again, back to even the gym. Like it's hard to see unless your your muscles are just you know just bearing out of you. Like, ooh, look at me. You don't realize it, but then sometimes it's like, oh, you know what? I'm lifting five more pounds now at the gym and I can do 10 more sets or five more sets. You're like, okay, that's progress. Just because you don't see it physically, because sometimes it's hard to tell. Because some people have said me going to the gym, like, wow, you look a little bigger, you look better. I don't notice it. I'm also visually impaired too, but also I'm a pretty, like, I pretty much know when my body's kind of getting into better shape and I guess I don't. I guess I'm not a good, uh... I guess I, I'm not a good understanding of, of who I am or what I'm doing because people notice it and it's like it feels good when people say it. it's like wow you look better it's like oh okay um, but again you know, like back to what I'm saying like it's it's really good to to know that like you're progressing um, and sometimes it's not the most obvious thing it's not just right in front of you 
Sometimes there's just like a little light in your house that's blinking. And like there's sometimes there's just a little thing up there that you just like, oh, it, it's there. It's just, it's not, you know, it's not this giant beaming, you know, headlight that's just right in your face. It's, it, it's not always obvious, your progress. Exactly. <clears throat> um, do you have a, a website or anything that, cause I want people to kind of know where, how to get a hold of you. Cause I know, like you said, you do it all online and some, some people may be here in the States or other countries and they may think, oh, she's in Australia. She can't help me. But I know that's not true. Yeah. So we work worldwide. We have quite a few US and UK clients. And so people can find us at www.holisticnaturalhealth.com.au. AU. We are based in Australia and Holistic has a W in front of it because we use holism. So that is the website, holisticnaturalhealth.com.au. And there you'll find a link to our root cause analysis, which is the free call we discussed. You'll find blogs, you'll find our own podcast, you'll find lots of articles and lots of freebies on there as well. Um, yeah, and, and kind of before we go, can you just kind of explain maybe a couple of things you guys can do to help maybe, uh, an example of maybe someone's issue and how you help them? Yeah. So we actually have recently re- released our new program, which is a functional health and lifestyle detox. And we've just had a lady post a lovely review about that. So she had a lot of, um, issues with hormones and issues with some pain and some swelling and the functional detox basically put all of those issues in remission and you know in the process she got to learn how to detox her home so we sent her recipes that could replace all of the sprays and the chemicals she was using in her home and on her body so you know that's something that we can do for example and you know, we're very passionate about whatever we do needs to be ethical and sustainable. Sure. Uh, one one more question. So this one more personal for me. So, again, I know everybody's different, but what, what are some methods you think could help somebody, let's say, with depression? Well, it really depends on that root cause analysis, what we find in your history. But as I mentioned earlier, depression, for example, could be a neurotransmitter problem. So it could be originating in the gut. It could be a trauma problem. So it's a limbic response. Uh, it might be a, a link to a pathogen. So it might be an infection that we need to get under control. You know, there's no one size fits all. Um, the one condition of depression itself has three different mechanisms of action. Is it a serotonin issue? Is it a dopamine issue? Is it a GABA issue? So... You know, we really need that root cause analysis to head you into the right direction. Yeah, yeah that's a good, good, uh, good answer. I might look into it and get a hold of you about it because um, just shot in the dark and I've tried many different things. So I, I've always kept an open mind. I just, um, with my medical history too, I, I, I try to shy away from medication for the most part because that's kind of what caused my, a lot of my issues. Um but I've, I've tried so many supplements and, and just different things. Like I said, matcha tea is like the first thing I landed on where I'm like, okay, this is helping. Um, it's not foolproof, but it is It is definitely making a difference. So, um, yeah, I definitely might get in contact. I mean, I want to keep in touch with you anyway. But 
Yep. I definitely would like to, I might want to talk to you more about it and see how much maybe you guys can help. For sure. Um, yeah. Um, before we go, is, is there anything else you would like to share or give any advice or anything? The floor is yours if you have anything really to, to say. Look, probably the only other thing I could share with you and your listeners is just remember that a bad day today doesn't mean a bad day tomorrow or in a week or a bad year. So, you know, just give yourself that pat on the back and just say, look, it was a bad day today, but I made it through and tomorrow's a new day. Sure. Uh, actually, I will ask you one more question because from kind of adding to what you said, how do you... F- how do you help or what kind of advice do you give someone who's in this time right now? Because a big thing they're saying, especially with women nowadays, is like there's a lot of depression, especially here in the States, where a lot of women are feeling like hopeless. And the people in general, but it was a statistic that came out within women, um, but directly, mainly for everyone. How is it because of what's going on? You see the earthquake in um, Syria and uh, Turkey and I mean, where's, there's constantly over here mass shootings and all. There's so much negativity. There's so many bad things going on in the world. Like, how can you navigate the world and not feel hopeless um, with all this going on? I look at it this way, you know, with earthquakes and things like that. Did I cause it? No. Is it something that's directly affecting me today? No. So. If I'm going to be depressed or saddened by it, that's not helping those people. That's not helping the people that are in that situation. And by me weakening myself by being depressed or sad or melancholy, I'm not able to be of best service to people when they come to me in need. So that's the way I see it. I'm not saying don't be sad that there was a terrible earthquake and thousands of people perished. I'm saying do what you can to say, okay, but I need to be well and I need to be strong because if something like that happens and someone needs me, Mm -hmm. then I can do something about it. And, you know, I I see a lot with what's been happening in the past few years. You know, so many people are living in fear. And I wrote a blog about this, oh, my goodness, a couple of years ago now. Living in fear weakens you. Right? Yes, there's some terrible things happening, but living in fear weakens you. Again, I reiterate, what happens if someone needs you tomorrow and your fear has crippled you so much that you can't be of service? And the person you're not being of service to first is you. So, you know, that, that's probably my take on it. Also having, you know, faced my own mortality, every day that I wake up is a good day. <clears throat> Sure. And if that's all I can achieve in the day, it's still better than what I was told was going to happen. Yeah. And as a person who's almost died myself, like it, it does change your perspective. Now, mine was more when I was a kid, so it's altered a little bit. But it, it, when you've been faced with that and you're told that you're going to die, um, and in my case, so how I do it is I go back and look at some of the pictures when I was a kid because I, I, I remember a lot of that stuff. But it's hard to be connected to it because it was 30 years ago. Um, but I have pictures of me with no skin and no hair, and and, and I'm just you know I'm in all, you know in complete just destruction. I'm melting, and you go back and you look at those pictures, and when I'm having a bad day, it's like well, 
this kid right here, which is me, this kid right here had a much worse day. And it went on and went on and on and on and on. So if this day you're having right now is not as bad as that day, I think you'll be okay. Um, that doesn't mean exactly. I still, yeah, and it still doesn't mean I don't have really bad mental days or days that keep me back. And, um, I can't always, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I feel that way all the time and I can just get, shake myself out of these moods all the time. But that is one of my techniques that I use to help fight it off because it's like, yeah, you sit around and you're afraid all the time. You're just going to go back into your comfort zone and you're just going to, you're going to go backwards or stay put. And you're not going to progress. And you're not. And there may be somebody, as you said, is looking out and needs you, and you're not there because you're too afraid to step off your stoop because of whatever atrocities that are being brought upon the world. Very much so. Do what you can do today. Do what you can do to make yourself whole and healthy. And you know, if and when someone calls on you, be the best person you can be. For sure. Absolutely. Um, thank you very much for, for coming on. Um, you're a good guest and I love what, I really love what you guys are doing. I know it's different and I, I love different. I love anyone who's trying to make an impact no matter where they are in the world and, um, and what you're doing is, is very needed. And so uh, I thank you for, for doing what you're doing and for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Great. Thank you. All right. Goodbye. All right, guys. Um, I plan on doing an episode, maybe the next one, kind of giving you guys an update on me. I don't want to do it too soon, though, because it's like it's it's only February here in 2023, and this episode is going to come out in like June or May or whatever it'll be. So I don't really want to do it yet. Maybe I'll do a two-parter or, or something or I'll add later. And, but I kind of want to give you an update on me because I want to kind of talk about the matcha tea and um, maybe give it a couple more weeks, do this episode, and kind of give you an update on, on how I'm feeling because I think it's important as the host and the person that you hear more than anyone um, gives you this open look. And I try to be as honest with you. And I think... If you, if you really pay attention to me, especially this episode and the one with my father, you'll kind of notice I'm, I'm, I'm bouncing around a little more and free. I'm not running into a wall. And I've ran into so many walls in a lot of those episodes. And I get through it, but I'm not proud of every my performance all the time. And I know some of it's insecurity, but and it's more me noticing it than you. But I notice it enough, and it's the brain fog. But I do notice the matcha tea is really helping me. Um, and I'm very grateful for finding it. <clears throat> so, uh, I'll, I'll go in more detail in a further episode. I plan on before the, before the, the three anniversary, one of these next few episodes is going to be an update from me. Just kind of telling you where I've been and what I've been up to, um, outside of just interviewing people. Um, so yeah, I thank you guys for being on this journey with me. Um, it's, it's almost 10 o'clock here, so um, I'm going to kind of finish maybe the next, I'm going to watch these last two episodes of, um, you season four, part one, because part two hasn't come out yet at this point in time. So I'm going to finish that. And, um, bullets here. Let's see. Maybe he'll purr. He's kind of just laying here, chilling, sleeping. Bullet. Yeah, he's too far away from the mic. I can't really move it too close to him. He's, he's just laying back almost like he's in a recliner, but he's like sunken into the couch in a, um, 
afghan that my grandmother made. It's like all these different, um, like Purell like color. These really exotic looking bright colors, um, orange and yellow, and green, but like really bright colors. Anyway, he loves that afghan. He likes to lay in it and sleep on it. But uh, he knew it was podcast time, so this is where he comes and just chills and hangs out with me. So, sweet boys. Um, as my co-host, I always have to bring him in. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys for, for being on this journey with me, and um, I'll see you guys next week. And, and as I was at, when I asked her that question about how to kind of get through these terrible times, man, if you have a method, please share and and. and Keep doing it because, man, it's, it's rough out here. A lot of crap going on. And so a lot of times I just want to cry because there's so much shit that's just there. I'm trying to turn my brain off to it. Um, so, yeah, just take care of yourself, guys, and try to be safe. Um, and, and, and maybe most important, have, or equally as important, have an open mind. Please have an open mind to anything. It's possible out there. Don't give up and um, stay strong. And like I said, see you next week. Bye, guys. Oh, I bumped the button again. I didn't hit the right button. I'm an idiot. Um, that's probably what you guys stay for, just because you just know I'm going to fuck something up. Right, bullet? Oh, he's showing his belly. Okay, he's, it's, he's stretching. It's time to go back to sleep. All right, guys. Now I will hit the right button. I promise.